already. Welcome to Lead Byte. This is episode 14, which is like 7 plus 7. And it's uh, entitled Say, Do, and Feel, or I think I just took out the and, but yeah, Say, Do, Feel. Um, I'm going to run off what last week I talked about when it came to cycling our stories. Sometimes we can spiral, and uh, I was sharing a an example with a buddy going to a pastor's meeting last week that the idea of spiraling is like when your chain falls off your bike and you have no idea how to put it back on or you just fail to um, go anywhere because you fall or you hurt your leg or you uh, slip off the pedal and the pedal hits you in the shin and um, you know you have a moment to cry but otherwise you're spiraling in those moments your chain is off of the wheels and you you really can't go anywhere and it immediately turns things into frustration. But when we cycle through our stories, we aren't just walking through something and putting all this time and energy into short, quick bursts of intensity and outrage. When we're cycling through our stories, we're actually asking ourselves to witness yourself a little longer, sit with yourself a little longer, uh, be an objective viewer, an objective facilitator, where you are listening attently and just being a witness. Have you ever had a friend that has just needed you to be a witness? Needed you to advocate for them? Needed you to just know their story? I, I remember having a student of mine uh, or a leader of mine come back from school and I remember having a conversation with them because I had experienced very similar feelings coming back from uh, college after a number of years when it just seemed like life had gone beyond without me. It, it had changed without me. And so it was hard to reconnect. And so one of the things that I said to them was, every time you feel like you don't understand or, or people don't understand you or you feel disconnected from the people around you, remember that I know your story. That you can feel content. You can feel cons like... um you can feel content, you can feel uh, at peace, you can be okay because someone else knows your story. And, and I want to follow along with last week and describing, I described uh, this three-way model about evaluating how we're doing and cycling through our stories about what do you want to say out loud, what do you want to do in a moment, and what do you feel inside? It, it's often this, um, that's a really, like, it's a really simple way to describe it, right? Like it's a really simple way to describe what we want to do in a moment, what we want to say out loud, what do we want to feel. And I want to expand on it a little bit. And today's main point that I want to emphasize is that power is found in connecting both with and from. Power is found in connecting both with and from. When we recognize and spend time looking at what we want to say, what do we feel, what do we want to do, and we actually start cycling through our stories and being able to describe those things and sense those things and, and, and feel empowered, what happens is that we develop roots in connecting with ourselves and with others. I was thinking about this, this idea that being locked out of ourselves is never any fun. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment been at a party, been in a situation you don't want to be in, uh, being in a moment where you have to uh, stand up for yourself. And being locked out of herself is never fun. Being locked out in the sense where where you feel powerless, 
where you don't have the answer, where you can't describe what you wish you could describe, where you didn't feel like you could ever make the best decision because you just have these inner defaults and settings about yourself that don't seem to change or don't know how to change or you don't know how to change them or you think you should or shouldn't, whatever it is. Being locked out of ourselves isn't any fun. And 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 I think when we actually connect with ourselves and connect with others and evaluate, what we're doing is we are running for help. We're We're asking ourselves, we're asking others, can you help me to know me better? I've got something to say. There's something I feel. There's something I want to do. And in our limits and our vulnerabilities and in all of our fragility, all the pieces are out of, of all the pieces about ourselves that don't seem to match or work well, all scream to be rescued. The parts of ourselves that 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 seem incompatible with the world, they they desire to be rescued. And I think about evaluating ourselves when it comes to what do I want to say, what do I want to feel, what do I want to do. When we engage with those that conversation, we are engaging with power. We're engaging with connection. We're engaging with ourselves and we're engaging from others. Now, following that same idea um, about being locked out of ourselves. We discover a lot about ourselves when we lean into the process of learning about ourselves, building relationship with ourselves, loving ourselves, being compassionate with ourselves in the moments where we made the mistake that we said we would never make again, the moments where we feel flushed with insecurity and fear and danger, and we don't know what to do. A lot of the things that we discover that are good will seem bad. A lot of things that are uh, truthful will bring about difficulty. A lot of things that uh, bring about opportunity will seem incompatible with who you are and where you're at. And a lot of things that seem like they should be right about your life that you should be able to do, but you can't, and it just doesn't make sense and you can't clarify the purpose of it that brings powerlessness I was uh, chatting a lot about this idea of what do you want to say what do you feel what do you want to do with people the last few weeks and you know doing good things or, or making good decisions or being wise isn't just about making good decisions or being wise. It, it's it's not an end of itself. Uh, I was thinking about how oftentimes if you're trying to do a, a woodworking project or you're building something, you often need a power tool. But there's some things you do not need power tools for. And we use power tools because of the power not just because it's a good idea or a tool. It's a power tool. We, we don't use a drill versus a hammer because we 
just want a tool. We want a power tool. We want something that works. We want something that's going to be compatible with the work that we're going to do and the direction we're going in and the, the types of obstacles that we're going to face. We need the right power in the right moments. And what happens is that when we discover that there's situations that we don't know about ourselves, or we just see ourselves um, walking in this expression of our defaults, meaning you and I will reflect defaults that just of, of things that we just do, things that we say, things that we feel in many, many moments in patterns over and over and over again, and oftentimes don't necessarily address them. But the question that I would ask then is, is what would happen if we did? And what would happen if you had someone to address it with? And what would, what, what would happen to your character if we're looking for a world of people with character, if we're looking uh, for people who have healthy character and wise character and, and have integrity, meaning that they don't just have really great ethical attributes themselves, but they're consistent with it, why don't why aren't we discovering how to change our character? And it's not just about good decisions. Character, making good decisions does not change our character. Understanding why we make the decisions we make and how we go about that process. Again, I talk about it in one of the other episodes about how our pivot point, if we're going to learn something new, our pivot point for becoming experts in something depends on understanding how we do something and why we did it. When you're playing basketball, you can throw to your friends who are on your team or you can shoot for the basket and your pivot point for that decision is always going to be, how did I do that? How did I make that happen? What was the way in which I did this in the how? And then why? What, what was the purpose behind it? And, and then and why did I make that decision? And, and, and what was the intention of the why? And if we're going to discover our character and wrestle with our character, what we're going to see is, is that there's actually there's four things that seem to come up over and over again, I, at least I think. And it takes time to get to know character. You, you cannot understand someone's character just by one interaction all the time. And as much as it makes us feel like experts of other people because we feel powerful in the connection we have with ourselves or with others, just because you can glean something or understand something doesn't mean you actually understand someone's character. And so there's four things that come up when we start discovering how, what we want to say, how do we feel inside, and what do we want to do. What happens is you start understanding your defaults and you'll see four things, I think. One, you'll start to find false beliefs, not just lies that you have in your life or uh, things that you know that are lies. I, I, I think false beliefs is a better way of stating it because there, it means that it doesn't, if we find a false belief, then we can actually start to develop an understanding about our beliefs, not just look at all the things that we don't believe. Lies are often maybe sometimes even the things that we don't believe, but false beliefs are the things that we do believe, that we hold on to, that we rely on, that we go back to. Maybe it's our definitions of things. And so you'll see about your character, one, false beliefs, two, under or over reactions, three, the values that convict you, and then four, personal training. If you look at your character today, what are the false beliefs that you have? What are the things that are just so untrue and damaging or, or maybe not even damaging, but just untrue and you hold to it because it just helps bring solace and clarity, maybe just peace that you believe something you know was absolutely wrong to do, but you believe it. 
in your confidence about it because it protects you as a shield from dealing with every other issue that might come up. Maybe you over and underreact. That when someone says something mean, you think it's just for fun. But every other person you talk to just knows that you're mean. Maybe there's a way that people treat you that you just allow it so you underreact. Maybe there's ways that you feel insignificant or unappreciated so you overreact. Maybe there's convicting values that you have, things that you care about, that you prioritize, that you spend time doing, that things that get your attention, things that light you up and energize you. And then maybe there's just personal training that you've had, things that you do, maybe the way that you live, the things that you eat, uh, the way in which your lifestyle reflects just things that you've always done or new things you've never done. For me, uh, I try to have one spontaneous moment of the day and I find more and more it just becomes part of my personal training. It's just something that I do. It's not necessarily a value that I have. It's not an over or under reaction. It doesn't come from a false belief. It's just training. It's just something that I've practiced over and over again because I know it's important. And so changing our character changes our defaults. It's like I was I was connecting with some of the students and talking about training um, where I work and the thing that I think about all the time and I communicate to them is not that um, my intention in training others is not necessarily that I take lead. But I'll set the example that I want to see them lead. I want to see them take initiative. I want to see them at the front of the line and I'll be at the back providing guidance and direction and boundaries. And sometimes it's not necessarily about getting the task done. I work in a very task-oriented place. We have tasks and priorities that need to get done. Absolutely. But if I'm going to spend time helping others to see, hear, and think differently, learning how to train the intuition and the instincts that they hold so that they can express the full value they bring to the table in any context that they go into, I need to train their defaults. I need their character, their false, be- their false beliefs, their under or overreactions, their convicting values, and their personal training. I need it to come together and to be partnered with others so that they have power in how they're connecting powerful moments come when we are connected to ourself and to others. And what happens when we understand what it's like to be close to the most honest parts of ourselves? What happens when we actually have proximity with the parts of ourselves that we try to believe and forget that they don't even that they even exist in the first place. Here's how I'd say it. See, proximity honestly reshapes our power to the size of everybody else. When you get close to honesty, when you get close to yourself, when you build relationship with yourself and with others in such an honest way, what happens is that the inner turmoil or all of the things that seem out of place or perfectly in place, they begin to reshape what power looks like, 
where it is that we were powerless, where it is that others were powerful, and where it is that we actually have the ability to step in alongside others, to be in a line with others or a circle with others and look at everybody else and say, wow, the size of the power within everybody else has changed. That I'm not as little anymore, that they aren't as big anymore, that they aren't as scary anymore, that I am not as disconnected anymore. Proximity to how honest you can be will reshape your power to the size of everybody else. Seeing that we're just all on the same wavelength, that we're all pretty much on the same level of power. And that helps us to breed connection when used properly. See, when we're training, we're not just learning how to do the right things, we're course correcting our defaults. I think if you if you want to learn really, really quickly how to change, watch the things you do over and over and over again. Listen to the parts of your life that perform it over and over and over again. And then correct those pieces, train those pieces, become passion to those pieces. You don't necessarily have to do everything properly or right. The issue when it comes to perfection is not that you get everything right the first time. It's that you're actually paying attention to the how and the why you did what you did. And then course correcting that because you're building relationship with both your power and your powerlessness and then mending connection little by little by little. See, wherever it is that we train we're ourselves, we're actually building a bit of a home and your home will always be where you want to go back. And we can learn how to fight others externally and face a situation, or we can learn to evaluate internally and see what's actually going on. And you might start the race and think, wow, I don't have any tools. I got nothing at the start of the race. I've got nothing at the beginning of where I want to be. I don't know what I even have in the first place to evaluate, to learn, to discover, to try new things. You don't have any tools when you first begin, but if you seek to change, you will always find the tools that you need. And if you don't, you will stay entered in an inevitable cycle of hurt and shame. And that's not just a power within you that's connected to you. That's a power that's connected to other people that will share that same lifeline and cause hurt and shame. See, evaluation, evaluation isn't just about understanding where we are, which is a fantastic question if you don't know how to answer that question probably start there. Where am I? Where am I really? Get a good picture about where you're at. But evaluation isn't just understanding where we are. It's about spending energy facing the right fight. Sometimes we're facing a fight that doesn't exist. Sometimes we're facing frustrations and issues that aren't actually what we're trying to face. We're trying to solve a problem that's not a problem. It's just a frustration. Sometimes we're trying to run from pressure when they're not, it's not an attack. It's just difficult. Sometimes 
I don't know about you. Difficult things aren't bad. They're just difficult. And we learn all of these things. We learn that power is found in connecting both with and from, both with others and from others, both with ourselves and from ourselves, both with God and from God, both in, in moments where we have no idea what we're doing or moments where we have complete confidence in what we're doing. Last week, the point was to witness yourself a little longer. This week is to recognize that when we practice, not just a good idea, but a power tool of evaluating, what do you want to say? What do you want to do in a moment? What do I feel inside? If you practice that, you will grow in your power of connection. If you don't practice that, you will become less equipped less compatible, less connected, less ready, less equipped and, 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 and able to move forward in the areas that you actually really want to be at. And so where, where is it that you can start to say something out loud? Where is it that you could start to do something in the moment? And where is it that you actually need to express what you feel inside and be the most honest version of yourself. If you were honest, truly, truly honest with yourself, what would you say right now? Who would that be to? Who would that be targeted towards? What would you say? If you were so honest right now, what, what do you actually feel inside really? And if you were the most honest right now, what would you actually want to do? And in your powerlessness, or your abuse of power, in your lack of wisdom, or your pride, or maybe ignorance, whatever it is. Power is found in connecting both with and from when we learn how to say, learn how to do, and learn how to feel. This is episode 14 of Lead Bite. Thank you for listening. Keep pursuing.